Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Uh, I am Jay Kroger, the creator of the Comedy Bureau. The Comedy Bureau Field Report, of course, is part of the Believe podcast family. And this is the time of the podcast, of course, where I remind everybody that the name of the podcast is the Comedy Bureau Field Report and not believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. That is just the network name. They want to stamp their name on everything. And it's also spelled B-L-E-A-V because they're so cool. Um, so, so cool. Uh, misspelling things. I'm going to say that's a thing in 2017. We can, we can spell things correctly going forward. Um, this week, uh, you know, no exceptions for fantastic guests on this podcast. Uh, one of my favorite all-time stand-ups, I truly love seeing her every t- uh, time uh, I see her, whether it's on Zoom or in live or whatever she's written. Um, she's had Comedy Central specials, late night appearances. Um, Naomi Ekperigan, everybody. Hi, Jay. Hey, Naomi. How are you? Um, do you want an honest answer? Always. I figured you would. I just, <laughs> um, I miss everything. I feel mm-hmm. so far away from everything I love and, uh, I am heartbroken. Yes. Yes, sister. It's okay. interesting you say heartbroken. That is a good way to think about it. I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'm letting myself feel heartbroken. I mm. think because, as you know, because you know, you know, you and I met pretty early into my move to LA. But mm. you know, I'm not a driver, right. and like my world here has been pretty small. Mm. So it only so it feels so it's my world was all I'm already wasn't used to going out, right. and so in some ways things have not um, changed in terms of my ability. But what has changed is now like my fear. You right. know what I mean? Like the, there's not a comfort there, and. I guess I am kind of realizing maybe I did have more friends than I thought I did because suddenly there are people I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That has been sort of a common thread I've heard of people that, uh, whether it's in comedy or not of, of, of them being their experience in quarantine of like, well, you know, I stayed in a lot, but now I like don't have the option to go out. And right. that is really hitting me hard. And I realized that I didn't go out enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> And to yeah. an extrovert like me, uh, I say it took a pandemic to realize that connecting with human beings in person is good. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think you're right. I mean, it's interesting. I just it's funny because I don't even necessarily always think about missing human beings as much as like how important it is to get out of yourself. Right. Sometimes right. for me, I find interacting with people. It's also just a. a the mo- a moment in time where I get to not think about myself and my shit and look around my house. Like I just feel so self-centered right now. Right. More that- than normal because there's nothing else, you know, obviously I can take in the news of the world, but it's right. all my feelings about yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's not, I don't know. It's just too fucking much. I'm so over. Yeah. If you thought time out as a kid or detention as a teenager was bad, try quarantine as an adult. Ooh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We are all in timeout. And that- We're all in timeout. We got to think about what we did, whether we did, really didn't do anything or not. <laughs> but you know you're being punished, so you must have done something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You have to find it. Oh, we're all being uh, imbued with Catholic guilt now, whether we were raised Catholic or not? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We did something bad. Real bad. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot. Um, specifically, uh, how... Is your quarantine? You're quarantining, of course, with Jubu, Andy Beckerman. Mm-hmm. Um, um, how's that holding up? <laughs> you know, March 11th was our 10-year anniversary. Wow. And we were in quarantine. Congratulations. On the- Thank you very much. But I tell you, nothing really, 
tested a relationship like four months of quarantine. We oh, are, I mean, definitely we are, we're good. We're, you know, I, and I'm surprised, you know, I just, I never thought I, I could never see myself being with somebody where I'm like, oh, you don't bother me. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, like after 10 years, the fact that like, like obviously a little annoyances, but like quarantine hasn't necessarily made anything worse. I think he's right. a little more of a germaphobe since mm-hmm. there's now a deadly virus. But yeah. other than that, nothing much has like changed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no love songs about people being like, yeah, you're, you don't get on my nerves. <laughs> and honestly, that to me is the greatest love song of all. Yes. You don't get on my nerves? That's yep. huge. That's, That's so romance. huge. Yes, it is. Just w- like going throughout your day, stuck in your apartment together, and you know you don't walk by them and think like, oh, <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> But I do want alone time, I will say. Like, I, I really like to be by myself at times. And, you know, one of the things was he and I both, we both like to be alone. And right. so we definitely haven't had that because, you know, me, mm-hmm. if I, I had a job or I was doing shows, he right. had large parts of, it, you know, the week where right. I wasn't here. And he can just right. kind of do his thing. Right. And then he would go hang out with his friends. And then I would, you know, be at a show or doing something else. Right. So we would have time apart. And so right. to not have that, I do kind of miss it. Like we eat every time he's like, you ready to eat dinner? And I'm just like, why does it matter what I'm ready for? Like, can't we just like eat later? Like, you know, like eat yeah. separately. Like, and it's not because I don't want to be around. It's more like right. sometimes I deal with being attached to a person. Like I, I don't like when my actions affect other people. Sure, sure. I I feel. I mean, you don't. You guys don't sort of like schedule or set aside time where like, all right, I'm gonna be in this room and leave me alone. Kind of. He okay. doesn't say it as directly. I am more the person. I'll be like, I need to sit here and eat in silence in my yep. underwear, and then he can just like go in another room. But right. he'll just kind of hover and be like, "Hun, uh, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Um. Do you need the TV? And I'm like, what do you, you want the TV? Just say it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think you're faring better than a lot of other people. Definitely there is no middle ground in quarantine. Uh, You either find like people are getting getting engaged because they're like, yes, I will stick (laughs) it out with you. Yes. Um, Or they're like, you know, I know this is going to hurt, but I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you got to make big choices in Quar. That's what happened to me. Really? Once it was Quar? It it was a slow, I mean, I don't even know if it's really truly over. I hope it's not, but man, does it hurt. Yeah. It I'm sorry, dude. It's okay. Um, this this is isn't hard. a relationship. <laughs> I know, distance is hard, but honestly, sadness and comedy go hand in hand. So I feel like this is still on topic. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I try, I wrote bits about it to process it. Yes. I went up, uh, you know, at a, a virtual open mic, which still feels very much like a real open mic. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone is so unprepared and just <laughs> running the light and, um, yeah, uh, being uh, incredibly tone deaf, uh, even in these times, which is wild to me. Like, yeah. hasn't the internet shouted out you enough to realize, like, maybe I shouldn't say that thing? Maybe? Nope. Nope. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, uh, bombed that first go with all that material, and then I went up the next day, and it worked a little bit better, but... Yeah, it's a lot of healing and it a lot of listening to a lot of sad music and. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Ani DeFranco, by any chance? That always helps me. I'm getting there. I'm getting. There. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it was. It's been a. I mean, it's been a mix of things. Um, well, particularly this person loved Frank Ocean, so I've been listening to a lot of that. No. Um, <laughs> you no. hate Frank Ocean? Why? You're, no, because you're rubbing salt in the wound because you're listening to Frank Ocean because they listen to Frank Ocean. So uh-huh. then you're just making yourself think about them. Yeah, I mean, you know, truly, I don't think I've ever been like, quote unquote, triggered in my life. Mm-hmm. But now, 
I'm getting, I'm in that, I'm like going through it and I'm in that mood of where like, I'll drive by a diner where we like spent time and I'm like, oh no. Ugh, ugh, I hate that. I hate that. That's why I try not to make memories. I don't want to make memories with people. But I don't want them ruining things. But I will say as much as it hurts, I mean, this person made me the happiest I've ever been when we've been together. So right. I will say it's worth it, but man, it sucks now. I know. I know. Yeah. It'll, it'll, uh, you know, I had this thought that like, I'm, sh- there's so many people that like they're having somewhat of a similar experience in quarantine. And I, I would urge, maybe there just needs to be uh, like, after all this is over, like a festival where we all get our solo shows out. Like, <laughs> We, you, of what the traumatic experience you went through and someone like broke your heart in quarantine and like, yes. I guess that it means a lot. We just do one round of fringe and we all get it out of our system. Yes, yes, yeah. I love that. I love that, it's true. We're all coming out with solo shows. We've yeah. all been through, like, I think you're very right. That's exactly what we should do with this time. Yeah. Ugh, God. And then we have a big scheduled group hug at the end because then we'll be all able to touch each other. Wow, 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 wow. I can't imagine it. I don't think I'll ever be able to touch people normally. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't think I will. Yeah, I bet that. And that'll be like, that'll be a new, that'll be first base, I think, now. We're going to move bases. Yes. It's not even yes. a sexual thing, just like the act of touch. Will be, yeah. That'll be first base. And quite honestly, I would love that. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that to me sounds, I'm, I'm game for that. <laughs> game for that well um let's go through some comedy news really quick and then i want to talk more about what you've been doing in quarantine with comedy and andy and uh couples therapy and all that jazz sure sure <laughs> um so we're going to go through these really quick, uh, these news items as quick as we can. Um, of course, RIP Carl Reiner today. Ugh, I know. I'm so upset. I love Carl Reiner. Yeah? What did you, what, what is your experience history with Carl Oh, Reiner? no, I'm sorry. I like his son, Rob. <laughs> very, very sorry. No, I do like Carl, but my attachment is to Rob. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I like them as a family dynasty. Right. I um, I think they're you know just the cutest, and I just like. I just wish people didn't have to die. Sure. I just wish people could live forever because he was like what ninety three, so ninety eight. Eight. Yeah. Ooh, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Lord knows he had a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he did it upright. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, oh, that yeah. officially that time is gone now. That time is gone. And, you know, it's, some people just seem timeless. Like, I mean, no one's immortal, but they seem like when they pass away, you're like, wait, I thought you were never going to die. I know. <laughs> I know. Mabel, please. Oh, she's, I... she's just upset over Carl. She doesn't <laughs> like that I got them confused. And so she had to leave the room. <laughs> or she didn't sign up for a Carl Reiner roast. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, good. no, I'm a fool. Uh-huh. Um, do do you, would you say that because like you, Rob's work is more in line with when you grew up versus what Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Exactly. Because I feel like I know more of his stuff. Right. Um, but I feel it was through Rob Reiner that I knew about Carl Reiner. Right. I found out backwards, you know, but I think that's just the NH age thing. Born in 1922, passed in 2020. I, to me, I mean, you know, there's so much that people say about his lengthy, successful career. And obviously he created the Dick Van Dyke Show and he has this like lifelong, like amazing comedy partnership with Mel Brooks that's legendary. Mm-hmm. But I think, I always just think it's amazing when anybody can be like, a, even just a decent level of funny for all those decades, you <laughs> know what long. I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change the attitudes, change, and to like not only stay funny but also be like silly and exuberant. I know he was so like he had just done a video with his son about the importance of social distancing during the pandemic, like right. end of March, early April, right. and they were just like having a goof, and he was like standing up, and I was like, "Honey, he's spry." 
He's yeah. spry. He's moving. He's out there. Right. I remember uh, that, like, him and Mel Brooks were like doing like rounds of late night a couple years ago, and Mel. He, before they like video conferenced him in because he was busy doing something, uh, Mel told the host like, he's like at 60%. And there's, he's like, what? No, he's like, I'm like, I'm all there, but he's like, <laughs> just see it. He's, he's at 60. <laughs> I mean, just to have that dynamic with a karmic partner in your 90s, like right. we can, we'd all be blessed if we were like any modicum of that funny, that right. being that old. Right, right. I mean, I think I will be that funny when I'm that old, but it won't be intentional. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yeah. I won't be crafting jokes. I'll just be saying inappropriate things at the worst time. Oh, and great. That will and be then, my and you're, you're going to have to train your audience to say, oh, Naomi. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here oh. for it. I'm here for it. I can't, I can't wait. Um, Thank you. Thank great. you. Um, well, anyways, go down a YouTube rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, go down a Carl Reiner YouTube rabbit hole. Look at the whole family dynasty. Mm-hmm. And just, like, it makes me think that, like, also, as you said, not just to be funny for that long, but to work for that long, or, you know, mm-hmm. as long as he wanted to, basically. And then he could kind of, like, just do stuff as he wanted in a business. Like, I, like there's always things, like, I always wish I had started. I wish, again, well, if there hadn't been racism. But, like, if I could have started my comedy career in, like, the 50s or 60s, Mm-hmm. I, again, like nowadays, there's just so much stuff and so many people, it's hard to rise above. Whereas it mm-hmm. really does feel like there was a time where if you worked hard enough and you went to the places where comedy happened, right, it would happen for you. Just right. because like the, there were fewer places where it happened, everybody there was really into it. Right. You know what I mean? You weren't competing with mm-hmm. the internet and any person who had a camera phone and everything right. else. Like, cause think about it, even now, we don't do stand up, but now we're just like, we're in essence just YouTube comedians. We are now doing front facing camera shows. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and- <laughs> YouTube was right. Who was I to make fun of these kids? Yeah, we, we're where they stepped into our world after making a, a splash on YouTube and they would have a rough go of it. Now we're getting the same treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Because we, we don't we don't want to hawk shampoo in a video. <laughs> uh, hashtag ad. Hashtag tummy tea. Yeah. I just, that always, like, you know, they do their own thing and get, build their following. But that always irked me. Like, you don't think your followers know what you're doing when you're, like, plugging, like, product? Right. I know. I know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the appeal of it or even just like really curated, like, cause a lot of, you know, mom and women in wellness, um, they also have those kind of followings where it's very much like, if it wasn't for my target pillow shams, we wouldn't get a comfortable night's sleep, you know? And it's like <laughs> yeah. her with four toddlers, but the house is perfectly white and pristine. <laughs> right, right. And you're just like, mm, I don't like this. And there are now so many wellness companies that do that that you don't even know which one's the best. No. 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 Same, you know, with podcasting, there's so many podcasts, there's so many mattress companies that exclusively advertise <laughs> on podcasts. I don't know which one is the good one. I know. I think it's Casper. I don't know. I'm making that up. <laughs> yeah. Never tried one. Just heard about it the most. <laughs> there's Casper. There's Purple. There's Satva. Wow. One of them has a Super Bowl ad. I, um, I guess I won't go for that one. I guess not. I don't know. Anyways, um, I, I guess it, it, my version of a segue is speaking of, I guess, privilege. If you can <laughs> buy all that shit. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm is renewed for season 11 by HBO. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that, I mean, of course, that sort of makes sense for HBO, but I would ask HBO this. Do you think post-pandemic that people are gonna watch an old straight white dude feel so entitled to everything. Do you think they wanna watch another 10 episodes of that? I know, right? I wonder if people, I think people will watch it, but I think they'll just watch it for the, for the um, cause it'll remind them of the before times. Right. That's the only thing I can think of. Cause I, look, I never liked it anyway. Like that's never been a show for me. So mm-hmm. it's not like I've, I have not been on, you know, I haven't been like into episodes, right. but, 
I'm also just like, for that very reason, though. Like, mm-hmm. I want to watch some old man complain about <laughs> nonsense. It's right. like, okay, your life is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like, get me out of here. And right. I know that, like, he gets his comeuppance, you know? Like, it's, but, at this, but it's just like, I don't know. I just like, don't want to watch somebody be annoying and then something annoying happens to that annoying person. <laughs> right. And not only that, like, I mean, Larry has, you know, there's no escaping that that show is like a just a showcase of privilege yeah you know yeah. and i yeah i just think i i don't know that it's going to be viewed in the same light that it was in season 1 2 and 3 and by the way i i i hadn't watched it in a while and then a friend of mine uh, like they texted me about like have you seen season 10 it's ooh it's rough really Really? Yeah, where it feels like now it's Larry's just complaining about like literally anything, and mm. whereas whereas they you know it's like partially improvised, so they would weave a lot of stuff in and out. Now it doesn't. Now it just seems like you know the wind blows and he's annoyed, and that's like the premise. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, I mean, I guess you know it. It is curious. You know, TV shows getting renewed. Are they gonna are they gonna address the pandemic? Are they not? Are they gonna pretend that it never happened? Cause I feel like some I know. shows will wanna do that. Some shows will right. like it, it was such a traumatic time for all of us. We don't wanna see that anymore. Well, it's I mean, you know, I was just on that show Mythic Quest and we did a pandemic episode which dropped mm-hmm. and it was in part like Rob McElhaney, you know, he mm-hmm. like wants to keep working. He wants people to get paid. So that was it. But also it, I thought it was very smart in that he was like, now in the world of the show, we have all addressed the pandemic and we know that they've all been there from that one episode. Right. But when we go to season two, we don't have to talk about it because you've right. had that one episode in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does, that is like a smart way to do it if it can be done. You know, like I don't look, I don't want to watch a fucking 20 TV shows about Zooms. Like they're just Zoom footage, but right. I do think the best way you can do it, especially at a time now where so many people are out of work, uh-huh. is you do like a little something, a special episode, a blankety blank, address right. the pandemic, and then you can have a season that doesn't feel so tone deaf. Sure. Do you think the next season of Insecure is going to have Issa <laughs> uh, quarantined with um, Lewis? <laughs> even though that's not really what anybody wants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, but see, I think you're right though. Like, are we really going to want to watch that? And yeah. certainly unless you're the first to do it, mm-hmm. everything after that is going to be repetitive. So then the question is like, not only are you like, I don't want to think about the pandemic, but you're also like, they talk about the pandemic again. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to like, I don't think we're ever going to want it. No. Cause this has been, you know, and I've said this before, hey, boomers and Gen X, we've been through shit now. Stop whining about us not being soft. <laughs> yeah, I think true. Between 9-11, Trump, school shootings, climate change, and the pandemic, and police brutality, like you could go on yeah. and on. Oh, we've got, we got, we got a left foot on. We got enough on our plates. Yep. Which is why it's so, yeah. Yeah so dumb when they say that it's so so soft it's like literally we were the generation that could get shot in school like there's nothing soft Mm -hmm. about that shit nope and now you you might get shot in school while you have to wear a face mask how about that bulletproof face mask (laughs) 2021 wait is this your shark tank pitch It should be. It should be. Copyright, copyright. Nobody take it. <gasps> no, nobody take it. No, no, no. I don't think anyone will. I, not if I have anything to do with it. Um, okay. Uh, we'll try to... Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to all of these, but mm-hmm. um, let's... Uh, okay. What do you... So, uh, in, in the spirit of Hollywood trying to, you know, fix what they did, I oh, guess. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Do you, I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it. But I, I think that there's a lot of just, I would describe it as performatively corrective behavior. Of course it is. It's yeah. all performative wokeness. It's all stupid. And none of it is what we're actually asking for. Right. Don't take the, take a job away from somebody who's doing their job for 30 fucking years. Right. Like people, you know, some of the voices on the Simpsons don't, you know, take jobs away from people who, you know, 
half this shit is being booked by your friends anyway. Like, meaning yeah. getting booked by your friends. Right. That to me, it's not on the actor to not do it. We live in an industry where we work in an industry where like jobs are few and far between. Now, I will say, Kristen Bell, she didn't have to be on Central Park as a brown baby. Because mm -hmm. my thing is, <laughs> you got enough damn jobs, Kristen Bell. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, yeah, if she, you got 20 books. jobs, yeah. turn down the black girl voice, okay? <laughs> Yeah, you can be brave when you got mm -hmm. twenty damn jobs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that I don't like, but in general, it's like to me the issue is people who you know it is it is these producers and creators who right. don't have black people in their circles. Right. And I don't mean just like your writer, but even like it's like you should have had black people voicing. Mm -hmm. There are too there are too many talented people. Period. Regardless right. of race, regard you know. Right. Regardless of gender. gender you can't tell me you couldn't find a brown person who was just as good. You just can't. Yeah, not in this business. I sit in these fucking auditions. Yeah. You know, everybody is good or baseline good. And yeah. then people have like the specific thing you are looking for. Yep. I mean, you can't tell me you booked a comedian who you were friends with mm -hmm. and did your due diligence. Right. There's Absolutely. no way. No way. No way. And that's, that is the problem is because they're not doing their job. They're not going out and actually looking for like looking through everything it's always a rush job mm -hmm. and yeah i mean not to pat myself too much on the back but as going a person who went out every night and actually watched everybody and i still go to open mics and i still watch if i don't have anything to do immediately i'll sit through most of the open mic and yeah. i see everybody and that is how it's not a problem for me to think like I don't even have to think in terms of like, oh, we we uh, we need to to fill this this role with this person, right, right. It, yeah, it just automatically becomes like that because I have seen everybody and I mm -hmm. know like that baseline funny that you're talking about. Well, especially too because when I look at so many shows, you know, I don't think there's a need to fill make every single celebrity like every single um, name, and I I think live action and animation every single name doesn't have to be famous and that's the other thing like you know you reach a point after after like two famous names it kind of doesn't really matter mm -mm. you know what i mean because i'm not gonna watch even if it's like an actor i really like but they're this like tertiary character that comes in and out i'm right. not dvring that show to right. hear those three sentences said by right leslie odom jr like whatever no he like does I'm, i keep thinking of a central part because i just watched it a couple right. nights ago Mm -hmm. But that was one to me where it's like, there's so many famous people in this mm -hmm. and it's not necessary. Yeah. It's not necessary. Like you've yeah. already got creator of Bob's Burgers. That's mm -hmm. enough. Like if I like that, I know I'm going to come through. Yeah. And then you have this whole list of famous names. And mm -hmm. it's just like, at some point you got to take a chance on somebody. Yeah. Somebody needs to get their shot. And if you're making the first nine names, people who have been working for 10 to 40 years, right. then people don't have their shot. Right. And that just speaks to this systemic problem of Hollywood is that, so they're having all these famous people. That's not for the general public. That is for the executives who sign the checks. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I'm scared that the, 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 there's not enough quote unquote clout in this cast. Right. Right. And yeah. But the, the majority of America or whoever would watch this isn't you. They, they don't, even even with that famous cast, there are a good amount of people who have no idea who any of those people are. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, I just I just don't, it's just like, I think that's the thing that's bugging me. And I'm not, it's not to say that like, yeah, I don't know. To me, I think it's like, again, and if you're an actor who is financially comfortable, mm -hmm. if you're an actor who's now making like fucking baby food or shit, like a let, like if you're an actor who has their own production company, you can turn down the jobs that are people who are not of your race. You can send somebody back a list of names who they should try instead. Right. You have the security to do that. Mm -hmm. But then there are a lot of other actors where it's like, I don't know. All I want is to be a voice on a cartoon, like a permanent voice where you're telling me I get to show the fuck up without putting on my contact lenses, mm -hmm. say some jokes and go home. I, I do that shit for 30 years. Jake, get me on the Simpsons. I would love that for you. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm biased because I love hearing your voice and your take on everything, but Thank you so I, much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a true joy. 
I, I just as a sidebar, there was one time I saw Naomi at a show and afterwards um, there was a line of people that wanted to say hi to her. And this one person just couldn't wait. And she like was, I think second, just about <laughs> to see you. And she's like, okay, I'm, I have a lot of anxiety and I just need to say, I love Naomi. And I just, I really, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut in line. And she <laughs> like, was having a near panic attack trying to compliment <laughs> you. And that is how great Naomi Perrigan is as a comedian. Oh, thank you so much. I, that is, I don't remember that moment, but I also feel like I see, I see that person. I see yeah. them. They see me. Yeah. We are one of the same being yeah. anxious. I don't even talk to people that I like. So the fact <laughs> that she would even wait and say anything, I'm like, so brave. Right, right. She loved you so much. She's like, I don't go outside of my house, but I do love Naomi. <laughs> I just, it was, that was her goal for the night. And it was, it was really, really great. Um, if Just in, to give people context, we were talking about um, the Simpsons have committed to uh, having uh, their characters of color being voiced by people of color. Um, Jenny Slate stepped down from voicing Missy on Big Mouth, uh, who is uh, both black and white. Um, Alison Brie uh, issued this apology for voicing a Vietnamese uh, person on BoJack Horseman. And, um, you know, I, to your point, I would say if you actually had people of color in those circles, not just the writers, mm -hmm. you also wouldn't have this weird back and forth censorship thing where they like shows like 30 rock or the office have to take out like or edit out a scene with blackface like right. somebody would have told you that that's a bad idea well see not necessarily here's the tricky thing and this is why this is all part of the stuff being performative mm -hmm. what you need is poc making decisions mm -hmm. because i have sat in rooms as the only writer's room is the only black person and i've been like eh or I've pitched something racial that everybody was afraid of because they were white, so it was better to not even touch it as opposed to explore it. Or if I'm the only dissenting voice and I don't control it, mm -hmm. I could say it's funky, but I'm gonna say it once. Right. I'm gonna say it probably not as confidently as I would if I knew somebody was gonna back me up. Right. If I knew that I was gonna get another job after that, you know, right. and that is the problem because I had just finished watching Scrubs in its entirety because I had never seen it and we're in Quar. And I was like, I need a show with a lot of seasons so I can really dig in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would go to, even before stuff, before, before this uh, Caucasian awakening took place with regards to race. I oh, would let's to, make that a term. Because <laughs> I feel like that's what happened. It's like, yeah. suddenly we all, suddenly because I guess, because we all in a pandemic and have nowhere to be, we could pay attention to the injustice. And now like, people are like, what? What are they doing? Um, but I was saying to Andy, I would be like, did you see that fucking episode where Sarah Chalk is in blackface as um, Donald Faison's character? Because it's like, it's like JD's, you know, one of his fantasies mm -hmm. is like to combine his best friend and his girlfriend. Right. But is Sarah Chalk in blackface, like with a short fro? And I was like, and I go, I'm like, do you think she thought that was funny at the time? Like if there had been Instagram back then, Mm -hmm. She probably would have taken a picture of herself from the makeup chair. Right. And she would have been canceled before she made it to the bathroom. <laughs> like, if that had been around then. Right. But there was nobody to see it until it came out. At which point you were like, well, it's not good, but it's already happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, th but that's what I was saying is you, like, being in decision-making positions, positions of power. Yeah. Um, yeah, where that could that can happen, and you don't feel the weight of your career hinging on what you have to what you want to say. Right, right. It's like it's just really. I think, and that's the thing, and that's why to me, I'm like, I'm like, don't take down your episodes. Hire mm -hmm. black people. Yeah. Period. Like, I mean, going forward, even it's like, don't take down your episodes. Don't fire the girl from a job because I don't know if you can get white people on onto our cause if we keep getting them fired. You know what I mean? They're gonna be like, "Fuck these black people! They keep taking my job." Yeah. So we may not get them for the revolution if they're out of work, but you know, there has to be some way, you know, to just like fucking course correct. But I will say, you know, people reach out to me, not individual, but you know, sometimes it'll be like, "Oh, there's a show and they're looking for writers. Would you wanna?" 
submit or would you want to interview, which is very lucky, very blessed to be in. But I do, I do think about, I do ask, you know, who is creating the show? What's it about? Because I don't feel good when I am in a room where I am the minority times 10, you know what I mean? Like the only person of color, um, and probably and not and you know, not running it. And then those people all know each other and they've all been in the business and usually they're wealthy. If not born wealthy, they've gotten wealthy. Like I just feel so, you know, to spend eight to 12 hours in, in a room with those people right. is not how I want to live my life as a comedian, you know, for the, for like what I've chosen to do. And so I really do try again, if I'm lucky enough to say no, right. If I have this ability to say no, because it's like, it's, I'm doing two jobs in that situation, Jake. Mm -hmm. I'm a writer and I'm a fucking social worker, hand holder, right. doing fucking restorative justice, talking myself off the ledge, letting yep. shit go, making people feel comfortable. That's too much shit to do, Jake. And WGA don't cover that. No, they don't. And man, I, if only you were a showrunner and you could just open every writer's room meeting like that. <laughs> Yep, that would be the real. If I was ever a showrunner, the one thing I know, first of all, we would get out of work no later than six o'clock every day. And then one day a week, we would start at either 11 or noon. And that would be the day where everybody can go to therapy. Yes. Everyone go to their respective therapies. Everybody handle your business. I want you in my writer's room with your head on straight. Okay? Tackle your issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If, if this pandemic has shown anything, it's everybody needs to go to therapy. <laughs> I know I'm looking for one I need somebody new yeah I new. I go to a sliding scale place so mm -hmm. I mean I I make do I'm I'm fortunate with the people that I've been assigned with and I think I get along well enough but I have had to go through five different therapists in the course of like two and a half years because they just leave yeah 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 I know a lot of those sliding scale places they're there almost like either teaching or just getting extra hours and you'll get them for like a year or two maybe. And then they're like, you gotta go start my own practice where I can charge people $300 an hour. And there was one where I'd almost be willing to do that. But then she was like, you know, actually I'm going to go um, give therapy to underprivileged um, foster children. And well, I'm like, yeah. all right. Great. I, I wish you the best. Bless you. You're an angel. I would be like, I'm under, I'm underprivileged. Haven't you been listening in our sessions? I'm an immigrant who was adopted. What part of that doesn't? I know. You're like, I need you. Keep me on your roster. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to mention two quick things, and I want to talk to you about um, uh, couples therapy and uh, mm -hmm. experiences doing Zoom or whatnot. Um, if, by the way, this is just the part of the podcast where uh, you re recommend anything comedy-wise, whether it's new or old. Because, I mean, we're all stuck here. You watched all the Scrubs. We, I mean, seasons. You got shows that have seasons? <laughs> recommend them. Um, I, I, of course, keep getting sent new stuff. And so what I would tell people to watch and listen to, two special, well, actually three, um, Eddie Pepitone, Chris Fairbanks, Eric Andre. Uh, Eddie's is for the masses. Chris Fairbanks is uh, Rescue Cactus, and Eric is Legalize Everything. Uh, they're both, I mean, they're all three really fun in their own way. I feel like Eddie is, uh, Eddie's uh, the perfect comic for this time. Because mm -hmm. he just, uh, I feel like Eddie Pepitone is the movie network as a stand-up special. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> and they just instead of like like taking that crazy guy that they put on the news, they just like he takes over the network and he just keeps getting to do what he wants. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that's um, yeah, that's Eddie. And even though his special was shot like over like a year ago, I feel like it's still so relevant. It, I mean, it literally is for the masses and speaks to everyone who feels oppressed. <laughs> um, Chris Fairbanks, I just would say, is a master of being silly. Uh, yeah. He showcases that on Rescue Cactus. And then Eric, uh, you know, I thought about it when I was watching it and, and it, it, it really resonated with me after when I came to the realization, Eric is like a Dada-ist comedian. 
<laughs> that is very nice of you to say. <laughs> you found you found you found a space for him in the comedy yeah, because he'll do this like ridiculous non sequitur often very blue humor and then he'll start he in the special then he does like a whole bit about john calvin and mm-hmm. then really yes yes and then he'll follow it up with his cops bit and it's like oh wow there's like some substance here and then he'll mm-hmm. go back to like you know titty fucking or something <laughs> <laughs> i guess like i my one recommendation it's it's old but not even that old meaning it just came out like last year john mulaney in the sack lunch bunch oh, always yeah. gives me a laugh like i've watched it multiple times i could like i just like will fast forward to the algebra song when i need to pick yeah. me up like i just really like it it's it's very good and you know it's just it's interesting because like Mulaney is not a comedian I would normally like. Like I normally don't like like I, you you know I like I like a really strong sense of who you are personally. I like mm-hmm. to emotions on stage. I mean sure. maybe just because I'm such a ranter, but right. I really usually like people who you know Mulaney's a little like he's just like stiff to me and like and like he's very written yes. and I guess stiff maybe less he's not stiff because Lord knows he's comfortable on stage. But I guess he's very like deliberate, maybe is the word I would yeah. use. And, like it feels very just like planned. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, normally wouldn't be into that, but he really tickles me. He mm-hmm. really, really tickles me. Yep. And sack lunch bunch, it's like, I don't know, it's like part kid humor, but mostly not. And it just <laughs> brings me so much joy. It it really does. I don't know that it really is even for kids, even though that is how they marketed it. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, there's so much obtuse, like, <laughs> references that are for our generation, not yeah. for kids. Right, that right. That just make it so fun. I think that, I think Mulaney just has an uncanny ability. I agree with you about him being very um, crafted. Crafted, uh, yes, yes, yes. He's a craft cocktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is He just has an uncanny ability for this, these, like, niche descriptions, colors, references. Mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. like, whatever reason, the things that he specifically, very, very specifically describes just resonates. Right, right. And I don't know whether that's, like, his passion for stuff, whether, like, you know... I think it was on New in Town. He had a whole bit about like law and order and, you know, how it relates to like him getting around the city or something like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's so specific. But I, I mean, I think it, it, it does come from a certain truth. The, the, this isn't being pulled out of thin air or anything like that. Right, right. I mean, he just like, it's interesting because I think he is so heady. Like, normally the comedy I like to watch is, like, jokes, of course, funny, but, like, personality and all point of view and kind of, like, it's, whereas, um, there's something about Mulaney that his early, early stuff doesn't work for me. Right. But then when I, like, it's been in the last five years that I've been, like, okay, I am feeling this. And maybe that's just, like, maturing, getting more open, whatever, but... You know, there's also this part of him, too, that's, like, so old-timey. Like, he's of another time. Even yeah. his delivery. Like, yeah. when you look back at old stuff, it's like, oh, you've been talking like a 60-year-old since you were 22. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, yeah. I see, I see. But, um... Yeah, and he wears yeah. a suit all the time. Yes. Yeah. There Jake, you go. why don't you say hi to Squee the Cat? Hi. How's it going? He's doing his best in quorum. Thanks for being on the podcast as well. <laughs> Um, you don't have to, this isn't my favorite murder. We're not going to make you make a noise. <laughs> I, you know, do you ever picture Elvis being like coerced into making a noise at the end of my favorite murder? No. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, Force I, it, do it, do it for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I found out that they they don't like reuse like Elvis making a noise. Like they record a new one live every time. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's professional. Honestly, that's a professional 
That is that is why they're one of the top podcasts. Exactly. Period. Um, so, uh, let's talk about you, what you've been doing. Um, you got the podcast, which was a live show, the couples therapy, which is uh, storytelling with couples of any sort of, uh, ilk. And then obviously you host the show with your husband, Andy. Um, there's, you know, now you do it every Wednesday at 2 PM on Twitch. Yes. Um, Um, Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, if not for Andy, I do not think we would still be doing it, especially not on Twitch. Like me, you know, as we were talking about before we started about just like, you know, it's like, honey, it's Quar. If you get a half a minute of content from me, that's a goddamn miracle, let (laughs) alone sustained humor weekly. It's like, literally, I do not leave this apartment for more than 20 minutes a day. I have nothing to bring you. I've started watching Shark Week on Hulu. So <laughs> it's like, it's really hard to just continue to generate material. Um, and, but I will say, I feel like now more than ever, we have started to really engage with an audience. Like we have people writing us being like, thank you for doing the show. It's helping me so much. Thanks for the laughs. You know, we're getting more letters and DMs than we ever really? did. Yes. That's- I mean, that's amazing. And not to sound schmaltzy, but I think that it can be the quote unquote power of comedy, you know? Yes, definitely. I think it's the first time I'm really feeling it. Because I think the struggle I've always had with podcasts is this sense of, I don't know who's listening, right? So it's sort of like you put it out into the ether and hope it kind of connects. And so I feel like it's only now that I'm starting to get a sense that we are connecting because mm-hmm. people are reaching out. Um, but it has been good. It's also just a way I notice, I will say the thing I like, because now that we don't have the live show element on Twitch, we do get duos and we do it over Zoom. And so far, so good, technically. Like, every now and then, if someone's on Zoom on their cell phone, it doesn't sound great. But in general, like, it's been working. Um, but now I actually do like it because it's my way of fucking seeing people. It's the only way I would see these people and hear them talk, is if they come on the show for 10 minutes. Yeah. And it, you do you get this um, thrill when you see them? Like I saw, I got such a thrill when I got to see. You on I know. Zoom. I was all like, "Oh my god!" Like you, and it's crazy because it's like it's not until I see someone's face that I'm like, "Holy shit!" I haven't seen them in forever. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I kind of forget because I'm like, "Okay, like they're alive, it's fine." And then I'm like, "Holy crap! I haven't seen you in 120 days." You know, and it's like that's wild. Um, yeah. So. Definitely. It definitely feels good. And it's like a way to just like what we do now too on Twitch, what we didn't do before is they people do their sets and then we talk to them for a couple minutes afterwards, right. which again is like exactly what you do. Cause we do. Cause I'm like, oh, wait, I want to talk to them. Right. I want to know. I have to jump in here. Yeah. Especially for, I mean, anytime I've been to that show or listen to the podcast, the couples, you know, often don't really work out what they were going to do. And yeah yeah lot, let's just say there are a lot of plot holes <laughs> so you want to know you want to know yep yeah, yep yeah. we get in there i'm like wait follow up question mm-hmm. please unpack that yeah you uh you guys do it on twitch do you interact with the chat at all how's that going yes we do the chat it's harder so basically we do the live now it's every other week okay. so the, uh, on the off weeks, it's just me and Andy. So usually, me and Andy, it's like, you know, we have a couple things planned out. He loves to do bits. But it's a lot of just communicating with the chat, you know, and answering people's questions and stuff. And pretty much while the acts are on, I can check in with the chat, right? And then we can kind of come back afterwards and ask anything. But the chat, you know, we're called the CTQC, the Couples Therapy Quarantine Group. I love it. That and is- we're friends. They're like all friends. It's like so, this such a nice group. Like someone will come in and they'll be like, welcome. Like a bunch of people just welcome new people to the chat. I'm like, oh my God, gender. Yeah, like they probably set a reminder like every Wednesday I'm going to show up and this is like my group. That's great. Yeah. I think those are the really people nice. that write you letters? Some of them, but then some of them, like one of them, like I know two people who watch versus like friends of mine from college right. who, you know, one's in New York, the other's in Seattle. And then- other people who, you know, follow the pod. And then one person was like, oh, I live in Ireland and I just heard you. And so of course two o'clock is like 
10 p.m. in Ireland. And so he like checked in. He goes, I got to go to bed. And it was like, bless. Thanks for coming, Ireland. Yes. Um, do you appreciate uh, knowing time zones now? Or is that annoying? I know. Isn't it so funny that we now live in time? Like, I'm always like, 2 p.m. PST, 5 p.m. EST. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and I, because of what I do, I know like there's Australian time there's central european time <laughs> there's japan sa- summertime like oh my god because people are doing these like english language mics all over the globe yeah 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 yeah. that's yeah. that's the one thing i would say was cool i did a show at noon mm-hmm. for a uk audience nice. on twitch cool but in it but it was like again it's it's hard talking to your computer like it's not like but i love that a whole new crop of people got to see me you know yeah. Absolutely. who would never see me and then like maybe later those people who, if i ever if we ever travel again i can go to the uk you know yeah. and i would certainly hope so oh, I, I was that's i was really that's like the bummer you know like 2020 i was really trying to do stand up more and i wanted to like maybe finally apply to edinburgh see what all that's about and like just try you know i was gonna do a 15 minute special with conan on hbo right. max right and we were supposed to shoot that at the end of March in Austin. and Oh, I remember seeing promos for this. Yep. And it's like, okay. And now that's, you know what I mean? And it's like, when will that happen? I, you know, and I was, and I was just kind of like, fuck, I don't get to do stand up for a year, you know? And at least, and it just feels, I've had to kind of like pivot and say, okay, we'll focus your energy on writing. But I find writing so much harder to do just especially by myself like just to be interior and edit and reread and right. whereas you know stand up i can just kind of just spout some shit i, I say i pop off at the mouth and then yeah. like clean it up later and yeah. that's for me how i do my stand up is like i'll just say something like say something that makes no sense and then the fun is in justifying it or explaining yeah. the nonsense right so yeah. just pop off at the mouth clean it up on the back end you've had a good time <laughs> yes that is, well, that's writing on stage, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. the school that we both subscribe to. I, uh, I mean, it's been weird with quarantine and trying to develop material because, like, you know, you can go to a Zoom mic or whatever, but I, I feel like I have to write down something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, it, I, there's not, the, it's not the same dynamic, the same sensibility of being able to go on stage and kind of just like, well, I have this idea and I want to flush it out. Right. Right. There's, there's so much, I feel like the amount of energy and presence that you would have to bring to make stand up on Zoom work is so much more than actually in person. Oh, that's what I've been doing. I just did a fundraiser for rent control here in LA. Yep. I was raising funds and we did, and I'm here and I'm sitting. Like uh, one of the other comics, she stood up and like had herself set up, but I stand and right now I'm backlit so you can barely see my face. But when I'm, like, really doing it, like, I am, like, fucking in here, leaning in. I Like, I'm giving you a lot. And it's me yeah. just trying to give you a sense of immediacy. Like, yep. part of it, and that's, that's something I only just started doing the last couple of weeks. I was like, okay, I don't even know if they're laughing, but I want them to at least feel like they have to pay attention right now. Yeah. So I'm just, like, fucking in your face, yelling shit. Yeah, because people are, you know, on the other end, and I, I mentioned this on another podcast that I was on, but people need, if they really want to enjoy live stream comedy, perhaps they should try to replicate the experience on their end of sitting down in a darkened yep. room, you know, maybe just yeah. focusing on that, instead of cooking or doing a puzzle or <laughs> Or, I mean, Jesus Christ, like people are just multitasking like they shouldn't be doing. I was on, I did one of those public comment things, you know, we're supposed to go to city council and do public comment. Yeah. And um, I think this one was like on Zoom and somebody was like baking a pie and they were trying <laughs> to defunding the police. I'm like, put down the pie. Defunding the police. <laughs> then you're, you'll get you to your pie later. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I think, yeah, if you focus your attention like you're supposed to, like you would at a normal show, you probably would enjoy it more. Right. 
right, yeah. right. But then I don't know, certain people, I mean, if you're a comedy fan, which I assume you're only going to watch these shows if you're already a fan, right. but I do notice there are a lot of people, you know, at, a, at any live show who right. are just like there to check it out or there with friends. And right. I notice those people don't, there's some people who like need an audience to tell them what is funny. Right. Like they need to hear the laughter from other people to be like, oh, was that it? Mm -hmm. Like, is there so many people, if you're not into comedy, it right. takes you a sec, like, you know, like it's, in, mm -hmm. it is interesting how many people aren't. I'll be like, wait, you really don't, like, you don't laugh? Like you don't. I, you know, this is gonna come, come off incredibly judgy. I think that speaks to a deeper problem that person has. Well, honey, honey, <laughs> when you're right, you're right. <laughs> You know, why don't you get a personality, man? Like, <laughs> like, be definitive about stuff. Don't just go with the flow. Yes. That's absolutely. what I would tell You're correct. Um, yeah, my sister forever said she hated comedy, and then she saw <laughs> us, and she's like, he's funny. <laughs> I had people reach out to me, too, where they're like, I normally hate comedy. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm lucky to be the one person you, you know what I mean? Right. But I'm like, if you normally hate comedy, like, we probably shouldn't hang out. Yeah. Like, even if you like me, I like, when someone says that, I'm like, you sound insufferable. Like, just a little. Yeah. Yeah, and that sounds like a, in my experience, the people that say they hate comedy, they only want to, they're the sort of, sort of people that say that they love having deep conversations, and then they're just super annoying about <laughs> whatever they think they are, they know they're, they're talking about, you know? I just think, I mean, I think it's just, what I don't like is they, that blanket statement. Because I fully believe that you've seen comedy and hated it. Meaning sure. you saw someone you didn't like, you got picked out in the audience. Right. You know, there's so many terrible comedians. I could see you being like, ew. But I don't like that you said, I don't like comedy, as opposed to, I haven't seen a good live show. Right. Or, I hate blank comedian. There's something about saying you don't like comedy as a whole based on a few bad experiences right. that make me feel like you're not open sexually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, this, that backs up my point. There's a deeper problem. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. 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 The, there are sex therapists, everybody. Um, I mean, I don't oh. know how that works in quarantine. I wouldn't go to one. I wouldn't go to one. I'm sex negative, Jake. <laughs> you know that about me i'm very lazy i'm sex negative yeah i understand that i think i was like at um zero se sex zero sum for <laughs> i was like i'm neither here or there about it yeah and uh have you ever heard the term demisexual no i think it's it falls under the the umbrella of asexuality but it's a okay. like it's a very specific part of it that your sexuality is more based on uh, romance mm, mm -hmm, um, like mm -hmm, essentially mm -hmm. it does not work unless you are feeling it with someone interesting then uh, maybe i'm demisexual yeah i i definitely I fall know. into that camp um, mm -hmm. yeah as i found out and man i yeah i i found out a lot about myself with this I'm person um, huh i'm taking your picture Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. I, Andy. Oh, thanks. I, hey, for the record, I still have been dressing up every day and I have not stopped. Gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning that you can do that, honey. I wear this shirt most of a week and then it goes in the wash. Okay. It's breezy. It's roomy. That's the best you're going to get from being quarantined. <laughs> I do think it's personal, though, because, like, uh, it, it, there's a, a fun print on it. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Thank you. And if, I am giving you some, I'm, I'm working from, like, the chest up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm giving you a Zoom style. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a big enough Zoom show, like, if it's one of those webinars that have, like, 5,000 people on it, you just throw on a blazer or something. Wow. You know, Webinar. Some of those shows get like big turnouts. I'm I'm like very pleasantly surprised. I know it's true. I think more people are checking shit out. It's like, well, not only what else do I have to do, you know, but yeah, um, it's some semblance of life. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, what are you writing on uh, at these times? I'm not writing on anything. I'm like working on some other projects, you know, like development stuff. Just. Um, I had s sold a, a pilot 
a script to ABC. So I, but that was for last like pilot season, but then they decided they wanted to keep developing it. So they were like, we would like you to write the second episode. And like, so it's like, it's still like in contention, but then of course Rona hit anyway. So everything is kind of on hold as it was, but I'm still writing to just like have it done. But I'm sure now they won't make a decision for even longer. Maybe, I don't know. I, I keep reading like, all the trades like deadline and stuff and all the their shows that get renewed and they're buying up all this stuff and I'm like, when are you gonna shoot any of this? I know. I know, honey. I think we're all in denial, but mm-hmm. quite honestly, I will keep cashing them very real checks. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yes. So stupid. Why did you let me do that? Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> I can edit that out. Do you want me to edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, they, if, oh, you, if they cancel those real checks off of this, then there's bigger problems. Like that optics wise, terrible move. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. If I don't get money, I am making this a racial issue. Okay. <laughs> if I don't get money, I am going straight to the top. I am writing tell alls. I am doing exposés. Yeah. And we're at a point where you could just do that. And on Instagram, just put your Venmo and people will just give you money. That is where we're at. I know. Well, I had people Venmo me, but we and I ended up donating it all to the Okra Project. Oh, how lovely. Dude. I did, oh, which Oprah. works to uh, feed Black trans youth. They're based in New York. But mm-hmm. I was just like, because like, at first I was kind of joking. I was like, if you want to be an ally to me personally, my mm-hmm. Venmo. But that was a tweet, which I thought was funny. Right. But then people Venmoed me, which I thought was so kind. And right. so then I was like, give it to Okra. <laughs> like, I was like, they, you know what I mean? It feels, I feel very lucky right now to be able to pay my bills with all this shit going on. Right. And I feel like I can't take a dime from anybody else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Unless it's a major corporation. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, yeah, those one percenters that uh, made all those billions of dollars and are more fine than ever. Right, right. Doing better, like better yeah. than they've ever done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, would they um, any more of our money? Jake, this was a lovely conversation. This was a very lovely conversation. Uh, thank you so much for doing it. I'm so happy to see you. It's so um, good to see you. Yeah, do you have any uh, thing you want to plug? Um, where can people find you online, et cetera, et cetera? Holler at me on Instagram at Blacktress Comedy. Okay, someone took just Blacktress. So we're Blacktress Comedy on Insta. And as always, check out Couples Therapy. New episodes drop every Tuesday, and we are live on Twitch every Wednesday. So if you got some time to kill in the choir, we got some laughs for you, baby. What's that Twitch address? Twitch.tv slash Couples Therapy? Twitch.tv slash Couples Therapy Pod. That was going to be my second guess. Um, yeah, Naomi is a wonderful, wonderful person and comedian. Just get into everything that she's involved Thanks. in. Thanks. I, I do hope that uh, you get to be a voice series regular on an animated series. <laughs> I also still want you to be the host based off of bit you used to do, or I, I hope you still do. Um, I want you to be the host of a true crime series. From your lips to God's ears, you know, yeah. that's all I want to. And done on your terms, not you <laughs> reading a teleprompter, like you just going off on yes, yes. whatever's happening in these true crime stories. Yes. Um, that'd be great. I uh, I am Jake Kroger. Uh, I run the Comedy Bureau. You can visit the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com uh, and follow it on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, at the Comedy Bureau. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at not the supermarket, uh, and on Twitter at MFJ Kroger, uh, please support the comedy bureau. If you've uh, done all your supporting of other more necessary causes, (laughs) I mean, look, I need help, but there are other people more in need. Right. But But if you got a little, if you got a little to spare, throw a little Jake's way. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I, a lot of people in comedy say I'm an essential comedy service. So there you go. Truly. Um, uh, that is uh, this week's episode of the Comedy Bureau Fuel Report. Do you want to say anything as we sign off? Love you. I love you too. Uh, comedy <laughs> is still happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. <laughs> 
Murakami Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Granillo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.